Hello and welcome back to episode number 20 of the Retrovision Dragons Lair. I'm your host, Cameron Becker, and I'm once again joined by my good friend, Josh Kempton. Kemo, how are you going? I'm good, thanks, Cameron, and I'm happy because we had a good weekend of cricket. So the fourth grade in the 17s did make the grand final. That is true. Unfortunately, the first grade in the 15s did fall just short. We do have two teams in the grand final, and two out of four ain't bad. Exactly. Um, we're also joined by uh, our producer, Lemo, on the buttons. Lemo, how's it going? Uh, good, mate, and I think um, what was good at... What's good about me right now is that we got the episode uh, number right every single week. We stuff it, and that's my fault. I don't write it down properly, but we're always one off. So it's good to good to start on the right note. Funny what happens when I do the run sheet. Um, <laughs> anyway, Camo. Uh, oh, sorry. As always, we are brought to you by Retrovision. Retrovision offer the best brands and the latest technology from small appliances and white goods. You'll find the very latest from the world's best brands for school, work, and play. As you said, Camo, we did get two teams through the grand final next week. Yeah, I was. Oh, I think. A few listeners might detect I'm trying to feign some positivity here because, <laughs> um, yeah, we're all flat as a tag about what happened with the first grade yesterday, but we do have two teams through, so it's a reasonable result. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you've got to try and look at the positives yeah. at this time of the year, definitely. Um, well, let's jump straight into the uh, AR Advisors Week 20 review, shall we, Camo? Yeah, so we'll start with the first grade, so absolute heartbreaker in the semi-final there at Floriot Park, um, losing by one wicket in the last over. It's just... <laughs> It, it hurts more when it gets that close. Yeah. Like, you know, if you've got an hour or two to think about the fact that you're going to lose, it sort of softens the blow a bit. But when it gets right down to the last over and it's one wicket and it's just Do you want to see even worse than that, Bex, when you're in, in a good position and then you have two or three hours where you know you're going to lose, as you said, and then you get back into the game and then you lose. Yeah. That, that's what hurts that the most. The roller coaster of emotions on oh, Sunday. Oh, man. It was a heartbreaker. The roller coaster started with actually a pretty good result for us, given we had um, Aaron, Cameron, and Darcy available on the Saturday, but flying out for state duties on the Sunday. So it was a pretty important toss, and we won it and managed to bat to have decent access to those guys. We've come up clutch a couple of times with the toss <laughs> this year, and um, it was, again, how many times do you go, oh, we got to bat first because we got so-and-so here this week or that, and it it never ends up happening that way so it's nice to win in a, or get that in the semi-final at least uh, so despite having those guys available there was a little shuffle at the top of the order with Callum Bond joining Isaac Melendez and those two put on 31 before they both departed the score on 31 um, Isaac out for 7 and Bondy for 23 yeah well we've seen Bondy make plenty of runs up the top of the order this year so I think with the the strength of the batting to come it's probably not as important to have him down at say 5-6 as a senior head there with that team so I think it was a good idea uh, so Cameron and Aaron step up and they put on 138 for the third weekend. They both uh, looked very good for about the 20 minutes we saw before the Super <laughs> Frog box cut out. I would have thought you'd saw that when it's illegal to attend. But Yeah, that's. Uh, I was watching and they were looking amazing. And then when it cut out, I was a bit like, oh, flat. Like, <laughs> what do I do now? Well, yeah, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Especially down for like Matty Hanna down at home that was had to be following along. Yeah. The thing was, and we'll get... We'll get to this in the last segment, my gripe about Frogbox on, on the weekend. That, that we, we ended up having to be the ones that sorted out having to fix it. Like, I had, I had guys go down there and look at it. They had no idea. And, and it was just, uh, there was, like, it wasn't just technical issues. Like, they had broken equipment. They yeah. didn't anyway, try to the battery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we lose Aaron and Cameron in pretty quick succession as well. Unfortunately, um, Aaron out for 77, Bancroft for 74. Uh, Darcy comes in and makes 30, but we didn't really sort of press on as we would have liked to. I think two for 190 going into that third session, and we only made 245 from 83.2 overs. Yeah, we um, it, that last session sort of killed us a little bit. We probably finished 50 short of where we should have, considering where we were. Um, with the batting still in the sheds as well. Uh, so, yeah, wrapping up the, the inning six overs early, do you give um, Aaron and Darcy the opportunity to bowl two <laughs> yeah. overs each? Uh, Darcy elected to bowl wrist spin this week, which <laughs> yeah. I'm probably a bigger fan of. So, yeah, wrist spin with the New Rock with an umbrella field around the bat was pretty interesting to see. Peak cricket viewing yeah, that, with just everyone around the bat, helmets on, just 
would have been nice to snag one on the um, Saturday night, but unfortunately couldn't get it. Yeah, so Subi Florio do sort of kick on on Sunday. They made a 109 run opening stand and then got to three for 194. But the, they were sort of squeezing throughout. Like they weren't really sort of getting away from us big time. Yeah, it was definitely um, – I sort of probably wasn't paying – because uh, obviously yeah, no streaming of it, so I was just sort of checking the scores and I was like, ah, oh, they're they're coming across, they're getting there. It's but it wasn't until pretty late in the afternoon that I realised the run rate was actually going to be a bit of an issue coming yeah. into the end. Um, so they do put the squeeze on. So we take six for thirty three to get us right back in the game in some pretty high pressure moments. Yeah, we were pretty outstanding. But then yeah, there's all sorts going on here. I don't even know how to start. Um, <laughs> the tail of the table is I think they won it with two or three balls to spare. So. It says 94 overs bowled on the Yeah, so cricket. because we bowled four overs the night, the day before, they got 90 on the Sunday. Yeah, um, and was it the last ball that he hit for the six to yeah, technically Yeah, so win there it? was two balls to, like, obviously it was getting very close. There was wickets, everything was happening. Um, there were two balls to go, and they needed one to draw, which in <coughs> effect was them winning because they only needed to draw because they finished higher than us on the ladder. Um, and we needed one wicket, and there was two balls to go. So if the game was to end with them not reaching our score which I don't think used to be the case if you, you needed to bowl the other team around, yeah right? it's it, we would have won if they hadn't chased it down yeah it used to be a draw in that situation yep. so yeah. two balls left they need one to win we need one wicket to win or for them not to get the runs in the in the two balls and yeah obviously they got the one run and the second last ball and then the last ball was pretty much free hit not to start with the negatives but courtesy of a live stream going over the ground we were sort of able to it was pretty bit of a caveman view compared to what I was able to say but what really Look, I'm just going to go off here. I find this interesting that um, Ollie, he technically drops a catch. He probably saved six right at the end there. And the umpires decide uh, they're not going to take the fielder's word and call it six, which is interesting. They then decide to walk into the crowd and ask spectators what they thought of it. So, it yeah, would, look, this is just my personal – I'm going off here. This is yeah. my personal opinion. Like, you can forgive an error in judgment. People make errors of judgment all the time, not least of umpires. But it's a pretty big error of process to walk into the crowd and start asking spectators yeah. what I think, in my I opinion. S- I suppose at least the right um – the right outcome was achieved yeah. in the end, but yeah, you got to you got to wonder. Like, I was sitting there, as you said, trying to watch on the live stream, and you know, the umpires are suddenly walking off, and it's like, what what what's going on here? Like, what, you can't you can't be asking the crowd. <laughs> so it's actually happened. not really fair for the spectators either. Like, to put what, would, what would we that say position, in that situation? Yeah. Who knows? So yeah. to, to give a bit of background, I, I told you guys about it before, but obviously people would have no idea what happened at home. So Ollie, uh, uh, a catch, high catch was hit to Ollie um, at deep long on. He sort of came in. Um, think he'd be he'd catch it sort of ten meters in front of the boundary. The wind took it, had to go back. He held onto it, then hit the ground, whacked his head on the ground, and then it fell out. His it was head, a great effort. He saved six. It was a very, a very yeah. good effort. Um, and he was about half his head was about half a meter away. So the umpires heard the the Subiaco Floret supporters at square leg sort of um, yeah. go up like sort of as yeah, you would you, know, you'd, you think you're we probably would have thought the same thing Again, yeah, we're, not, exactly. we're not playing yeah, the yeah. spectators no, no. at all so the, the umpires put his hands up for six and we're like hang on so I was in a perfect position because I was live streaming the bloody game <laughs> and my head was in a spin because Ollie was like on the floor like his eyes were closed because he hit his head so I'm thinking one I'm thinking do I need to put the whites on here because I might be feeling because <laughs> I was the only guy there who wasn't on the ground. Lemo, the hero of the day, jumping <laughs> the line. So I'm live out. streaming. Can I somehow get the live stream up and show the umpires that it wasn't six? Um, how do I, like, what do I do here? And then obviously when, it, yeah, as you said, ended up going up to the Subiaco Florence supporters were in a good position and they ended up saying it wasn't six. Oh, so we, it was just dramatic. For something that wasn't consequential in the end, we probably carried on about it too much. But <laughs> I think it's, it's that Churchillian quote of asking the fielder for their word is probably the worst system except for every other one. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, anyway, yeah, they do get over the line. Um, something we positive we should highlight is an absolutely lion-hearted bowling performance from Wehe Gurudilan. He took five for 117 from 37 overs of a possible 
what, 40 odd he could yeah, have bowled. So exactly. very, very good. 45 from one end and he could bowl 37 of them. You know, that's just in a final to do that on what was pretty flat pitch from what it seemed like to, you know, keep that pressure on the entire time while taking wickets and being the catalyst for that uh, well, flurry at the end that nearly got us there. It's just incredible from a bloke who's, what, 20, 21? Yeah, and, and we know the talent of Guru, but to do it in that situation where everything was against us and it just shows his quality. Like, if we don't see him in, in black and white um, in the next couple of years, sorry, black and black and gold playing for <laughs> WA in the next couple of years, I'll be very surprised. Like, he's, he's a fantastic uh, We'll come back to Guru because we're going to have a look at the one season later with a bit more of a positive outlook. Um, Oli Arkansas was also very good, sort of been in and out of that first grade team towards the back end of the year, but he took two for 52. Yeah, he, was, he was fantastic. 19 overs and, yeah, Bondi was trusting him right at the end and he did it pretty well. Well, I mm-hmm. thought. Yep. It's um yeah, it's good to see that performance from the team when there's you know, no short, no hardy in a backs against the wall situation to still go at it the entire day so they get those wickets at the end and give themselves a crack. You know, it would have been easy to roll over and just go, Well, we we got no chance but I thought it was pretty impressive too. Yeah, not to keep harping on the negatives, but it's probably another year where they've had decent access to Cameron um, yeah. Aaron and Darcy yeah, sort of the most we ever have in, in then I can remember have we ever had better access to yeah. state players oh it's just, yeah because of COVID and etc yeah, they've just so, been here which the is whole not obviously the ideal outcome but no. that's just what's happened so that'll it's going to burn them but they'll yeah. be better for it yeah I think um, it's yeah not going to be a, a quick one to get over but you, you do got to look at some of the positives and getting to the getting to there getting to the last game or second last game of the year is a pretty good effort. Mm. And it could have gone either way right at the end there, but yeah. we will get to something more positive. And the fourth grader through to the grand final Happy after beating Wanneroo by 39 runs at Kingsway. It was, uh, yeah, going one better than last year. I think there's a few boys that desperately wanted to, so <laughs> nice to get that win. Uh, so Taz does win the toss and elected bat. Uh, Chris Elliott makes 15 and Raga Farage makes 24. So those boys sort of made starts without really kicking on. Yeah, it was quite a slow pitch. Um, I just happened to be walking my dog um, near <laughs> uh, near the Kingsway Sporting <laughs> Complex. <laughs> I so, didn't yeah. want to allude to that because when I said there was a live stream, I didn't want to say it was Lee in there doing incriminating ourselves. Um, no, I was um, I was assistant coach. Yeah, and uh, it was it was real like quite slow pitch, and the outfield was luscious. So to you know th- th- these guys, you know we know Spash not the most mobile of batsmen these days, <laughs> but you know he's hitting them through the covers, and they're going for ones because the ball was just stopping just outside the outfield. Uh, so, Greek continues a pretty good year. He made 52 there, batting a number four, but there wasn't sort of a lot of help through that middle order. And at seven for 141 in the 56 over, sort of could have gone either way. Yeah, there was definitely, um, I think Greg probably played the the pitch the best, you know, how he plays. You know, he's going to be hitting <laughs> it hard. He's going to be taking on the bowlers. And I think that got him out of trouble, whereas other people sort of got themselves into trouble, if you know what I mean. Got Greg into trouble with his dismissal. He was the oh, best one I didn't see his dismissal. Oh, he's... <laughs> he's like skied one out to deep mid wicket and just like it was in frog box the whole time <laughs> yeah. so you can just see the like coming around yeah and he like puts the bat behind he said he's so disappointed yeah. we'd love Grig and he's had a great year that was a horrendous slog <laughs> that was agriculture. I think Grig would be more disappointed if he like tried to block one and got bowled like <laughs> rather if you're going to go out go out the right way yeah he said he sent me a message he was like did you see that one I was like I did mate <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's Kirk Urban. it's better no. to ba- burn out than to fade away <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so Taz steps up with a bat. So he makes 37 odd out. Uh, James Scott and Bridgie give him pretty good support on the other end. And we end up with eight for 199, which is something to bowl at. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, at one, uh, seven for 140, probably could have gone either way from there. Um, but for Taz to come out there and when he hasn't batted that much this year and with some boys that haven't batted a whole lot either, to bat out the day and get to 200 is huge for 
just the momentum of the game from that point. And the boys started on fire with the ball on Sunday. So Wanneroo were 6 for 47 with, yeah, Taz, James Scott, Keegan DeCoco and Arnav Pimple all among the wickets. Yeah, I think we it's rare that we get to defend a score in this team. So <laughs> it's um, it's probably nice to see that, that when... When the runs are on the board and that squeeze starts coming from our bowlers, that it's you know, it's still a tactic there that we did well with. So they put on 81 for the seventh wicket and then somehow the partnership breaker, Harry Greeson, <laughs> dismisses both the set batters. Yeah, you got to wonder, um, like, the bloke's on 60-odd and he's been whacking them and, like, you know, batting perfectly against our bowling attack and Greg Gett comes on, bowls a rank half-tracker. <laughs> he just cheaps to mid on. Like, what, what's going on there? Um, so Jared Bridge claims the final two because they're to put the game to bed. So fourth grade now have Scarborough at Breckler Park. That's an interesting venue given our situation. But yeah, it's good to be in the grand final. Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose you'd, you'd hope for somewhere closer or maybe even a home game, but that's not going to happen. But uh, to get against Scarborough, who we've played already once this season and uh, did okay against, they'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, so we'll just shoot through the bowling card quickly. So Greek took two for 19 from 11 overs. Um, something <laughs> I found interesting, <laughs> Taz bowled the 19 overs this week. Like He's normally pretty reticent to bowl yeah. a lot of overs, and it's like he's got young bowlers with him, so he wants to give them a bowl. But In the big game, yeah, steps up. <laughs> he's just decided, yeah, well, we're not going to lose this game. Uh, Keegan DeCoker took two for 25 from nine overs. Uh, Jared Breach took two for 39 from 12.1 overs, and then uh, ones for Arna Pimple and James Scott. So good effort. Pretty good all-round bowling performance, and uh, we are lucky enough to be joined by the fourth-grade captain, Aaron McCall, on the line. Taz, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, boys. Yourself? Oh, unreal. Well, we're happy that you're through to the grand final, mate. You must be stoked. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, go one further than last year. Yeah, bring a flag home for the boys. <laughs> Obviously, there are a few of the boys on the weekend that were involved in that game last year, the semi-final. Um, what was the sort of feeling around the the squad and the team going in on Saturday into the this one? Um, yeah, we just sort of, you know, stuck to our our guns. We didn't really talk about last year. Um, it, was, it was pretty disappointing, but um, yeah, we just spoke about uh, you know making sure we're batting in partnerships, bowling in partnerships, and. You know, um, if we bat first, put the scoreboard pressure on, and because um, it's finals time as well. So what happened to us last year, chasing one thirty. So anything can happen in finals. It's a different, different beast, really. Absolutely. Uh, so Taz, you bowled yourself for the nineteen overs on the weekend. That's probably the first time you've done that this year. And there were reports from the ground last weekend that you couldn't move due to some <laughs> sort of hip issue or something. So how's the body feeling today? And you're going to be right to go for Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, I'm down the beach at the moment. Um, <laughs> Recovery. Got a got a um, massage booked in for tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, the body's holding together at the moment. It was um, Hammy was a bit tight yesterday after batting on Saturday. I haven't <laughs> batted that long for a while. Thank so. you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so. I was watching the uh, the run between the wickets at the end of the day, and I saw you and Bridgie going there. I was like, "Geez, Taz, you got a bowl tomorrow, mate. Don't be uh, don't be pushing those singles too hard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely um, coming back for the second. I think, yeah, just tighten the heavy up a bit, but um, yeah, push through it the next day. So yeah, no, it should be all right. We'll um, yeah, we'll all get our bodies right this week, and um, yeah, hit the ground running on Saturday. Last season in the Super Team, mate, um, you had a couple of opportunities with the bat. This year, you're a bit starved of opportunity, um, sliding yourself down the order. Was it good to sort of get back um, out in the middle and, and provide a great sort of innings for the for the team in such an important situation? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty good. Um, obviously, 
having um, all those one days this year as well. Um, sort of you, when you do get a bat playing 45 overs, you're probably only getting about five or six overs mm-hmm. at times. So, yeah, to go out there with a good block of overs and, um, you know, bat a bit of time and um, show that, like, sort of show the boys that, you know, we have to bat our 80 to, to you know, get the maximum amount of runs we can. Like, like getting that 200 is just another psychological bit on um, on the opposition as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was... It was good to get a couple of runs and, um, yeah, hit a bit of a bomb there at the end. Talk us through it. I, did, I didn't know Haven't you it. seen it? The nah. walk-off, last <laughs> ball of the day. <laughs> talk us through it, Taz. Oh, um, uh, Bridgie was on strike and uh, just off-spinner was just bowling a few um, arm balls and then get off the strike, um, second last ball, and then he sort of put everyone on the boundary and, started laughing and I said bring him up don't be soft to the bowler and, and then he floated me one up so yeah where'd you hit it uh, sorry. Uh, straight over um, mid off oh <laughs> mid off wow Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, there's been some fairly decent uh, performances from bowlers this year in the fours, uh, but over the last couple of weeks, you've you've been throwing the ball to Grigson a little bit more. <laughs> is he is he going to have a massive role to play this weekend with the ball now that he's the uh, the wicket taker? Um, he's, he's like sort of the, um, you know, oh, we just need to change it up a bit here. So throw <laughs> the ball. Here you go. Just, you're going to get a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's. I think he's a bit worried about bowling more than three or four overs though, because he might ruin his average with the ball. So, <laughs> he um, did mention that he's still got you covered on average now after the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is a bit of a wild card though, because like he does. Don't tell him this, but he does bowl a good line and length, and you know. I'm, a bit I'm of sure he's not listening. <laughs> no, he won't listen. He'd be too busy watching his highlights package. <laughs> and um, he does. He does change up his the like different lines and lengths and you know compared to Bridgie he's, he's a different different sort of spin bowler if you call him that probably <laughs> spin bowler I wouldn't call him a spin bowler um, Taz thanks for joining us and best of luck for the weekend uh, I'm sure the whole club will be pulling for you and hoping you can go one better and bring it home no worries boys thanks very much and uh, good luck to the under 17s as well on the weekend and um, yeah we'll see you all down there and hopefully a couple of flags for the fellas yeah, absolutely cheers yeah, Taz thanks mate See you guys. Alrighty. Well, it's good to. I don't think he's actually been on the show this year. Yeah, he has. He has. Oh. Uh, I can't remember when, but yeah, he told us um, Josh Tracy would come on, which of course the oh, yeah, commitment right. was on it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, obviously a good season from the fours so far, and a real, real good opportunity this year. What weekend. I want to look at is Scarborough. Yeah. What do we know about Scarborough's fourth grade? What happened when they were playing a what, preliminary final out here last time at Barrender? Well, yeah. Taz absolutely rock and roll. <laughs> we were done by T. Obviously, that's a very different teams this year, I'm sure. But oh, it'd be so nice if, like, just um, obviously have to play to a team on day two or whatever. Yeah. It'd just be nice if, like, we're well on top on the side. Yeah, let's, I, don't, I don't like us getting ahead of ourselves because yeah. last year, we like after we bowled, what did we bowl Scarborough out for in, in the elimination final? 60-odd, uh, 70-odd, Taz yeah. took a 7-5 and we were like, all right, premiership. And then we lost in the semifinal. <laughs> uh, anything can happen in finals. Let's just last year. We're allowed to be confident. We're not arrogant. We're confident, yeah. but last yeah. year I was counting our premiership by mid-January. I think <laughs> so. That was probably over. The cricket gods are always listening. But yeah, there is uh, there's a fair few, uh, a fair bit of history with these two teams coming up this weekend. Obviously, 
the man that we spoke about just before had a fairly good performance last time they played us. Uh, Harry Grigson peeled off 130 in his first game back for the tracks. <laughs> so they've got two blokes that they're going to be frightfully scared of. Yeah. Again, that doesn't prove anything. No. Nah. Ho- hopefully good. a bit of mental demons. The team at CY O'Connor Village Pub are very proud to be sponsors of the Williston Dragons. Even though the pub burnt down in June, they want you to know that the fire is not going to stop them and they'll be back bigger and better than ever. Committed to a full rebuild, they'll also be opening a pop-up beer garden and drive through bottle shop, stocking all of your favourites, including their delicious Metaluca farm beef and lamb produce. Opening soon, it's a precinct with everything you need for a great day out, post-game celebration, or supplies for an epic barbecue at home. Thanks to CY O'Connor Village Pub for their ongoing support of the Willerton Dragons. Alrighty, Camo, we'll move along into our junior results over the weekend because we did have two teams playing. Uh, we did, and one managed to get up, and that was the under-17s who booked their place in the grand final with a six-wicket win over Fremantle at Stevens Reserve. And, of course, these two teams have a little bit of history. Yeah, it's been... Uh, it, there's always a bit of a rivalry between Frio, a couple of local clubs, but these guys have gone at each other in the uh, Super Over T20 a few weeks back now. Uh played out a pretty decent game in a semi-final as well. Yeah, they did. So Freo batted first, made 7 for 218 from their 50 overs. So Braden Lee, probably the best of the bowlers, with 2 for 18 from 10 overs. And then uh, Lawson Baker picked up 1 for 23 from 7 overs. Yathman Kanangaro picked up 1 for 26 from 6 overs. And Brady Palethorpe picked up 1 for 45 from 9 overs. So 2... We know what Stevens is like, but 218, that's a pretty big ask in a final. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd say runs on the board, always huge, obviously, um, even if that... 218 there might only be 200 here it's still a, a fairly large score and um, they're actually doing pretty well at the start they were none down or one down for probably 40 or 50 before Braden Lee came on and took a couple of real key wickets there and it was um, I think a pretty good effort to not let them get away to a massive score. Uh, well, the Dragons managed to track it down with 16 balls to spare. Um, the highlight here is Ethan Smith continuing an unbelievable <laughs> year with 102 not out. It was actually incredible I watched every ball basically on the frog box and I think I haven't seen a better junior innings than that, especially time, place, circumstances. Lemo will probably know this better than me, but I think we saw from Cricket Mentoring, who Ethan does a bit of work with it, I think he's 300 runs ahead of the next highest run scorer in the competition. I I, I don't know myself, but something like that. Like, he's obviously top of our... Of the club run scorers, obviously he's played like a lot of games playing juniors and seniors. But yeah, yeah, he's he's well clear. I'm sure Bex is checking right now on that stats. yeah. Yeah, the way like sort of... Before this year, he was a bit of a like I didn't know too much about him. Obviously, knew that he um, played a bit of fours last year. Couldn't couldn't tell you whether he was a great player or just sort of someone pl- like making up the numbers in fourth grade. But this season, uh, like outside of the runs he scored, obviously a lot in juniors, the the games he's played in twos, like just his hunger to get better has just been like incredible to watch. Yeah, I think if you speak to some of the boys that played fours with him last year, we had all very high raps on him, and uh, it's quite satisfying to see it come across. He's uh, made seven hundred and ninety-five runs in the under seventeens this Jesus. year at an average of fifty-six. Second has made 492 and now we 41. And Ethan's been <laughs> playing second grade and doing pretty well in second grade yeah, as well. Yeah. So He's yeah. made over a 1,000 He'd be well over 1,000. Yeah, yeah, for the club this year, which yeah. is just insane. Unreal effort. Um, but yeah, he in, in terms of being captain, opening the batting in a semi-final, chasing down 220 to peel off an unbeaten ton doing it is just, that's peak cricket. Yeah. Very, very good effort. Uh, Blake Third also made 55, so he's also having a pretty good year and he's played some... Seen his cricket as well. So uh, the under-17's next task is Perth with a grand final on the line. Yeah, it's uh, exciting. I don't know when the last time we had an under-17's team in the grand final mm. was, but it's been 
a fair while, I think. Um, I think Grubb may have been the last one, actually, <laughs> when he was playing. <laughs> That's not even baiting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they've done real well all year and hit form at the perfect time of the year, and hopefully, hopefully they can go on better. We don't actually even know where it is yet. Yeah, there's no venue confirmed either, I can yeah. say. I was talking to uh, Johnny and Mac on yesterday. We went to went to the pub at lunchtime to go have a beer and, and they started stressing because I was like, well, if we're the highest placed team in under 17s, like, it might be here. So they're sort of stressing <laughs> out um, stuff. Obviously, Dom has started preparing the wicket for the off-season. But yeah, just, just back on the 17s, like... It's so good to see that. Obviously, Ethan is like an amazing player in that team, but you look at that sort of top four and there's probably not too many better top fours, like obviously in that competition, but across the junior teams we've ever had, like of the Ethan Smith opening the batting, Braden Lee is going really well with the bat and ball. Blake Third at three, who's, I don't know what he's averaging. You can probably see there, but averaging high as well. And then 25, yeah. 25. And Brady Powerthorpe goes under the radar. He's averaging 40. Uh, he might've gone down after that game, but yeah. he's averaging 35, 40. Um, you got four blokes that have made over 350. 50 runs, yeah. which is pretty good effort Great in the junior effort. team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can go on better this weekend and we can come away with a flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, the under-15s, unfortunately, just won't quite get that opportunity, so they lost to Perth by two weeks at Fletcher Park. Yeah, it was um, a tough one. I think it, it went right down to the wire, but they didn't quite get it done, unfortunately. Uh, so the boys bat first to make 160, uh, underpinned by Rajat Deshmukh, continuing our very good year, making 71. How good's he going? Killing it. Um, yeah, he's they they probably wanted someone to go with him. I think they had a just not quite no one no one stuck with him. Everyone there was a few starts, but no one kicked on to that bigger score that would have pushed us higher. Yeah, so Perth managed to get over the line with 13 balls to spare. Um, some pretty good efforts with the ball. Uh, Vedi Palpola picked up three for 20 from 10 overs, and Pavasan Gavanda picked up three for 23 from 10 overs. Uh, Luke Herbert. Also a wicket there as well, but yeah, disappointing just to fall short like that. Yeah, it was um, it was tough because I think 160 at Fletcher is not... You know, obviously, we're probably 30 runs short there, but the way they bowled to keep him in the game was, was actually really impressive. You know, just... I mean, we speak about a lot, like the dragon squeeze and all that, <laughs> but, you know, on a on a deck like that or at a ground like that to, to keep him take it down to the second last over or what it was. I thought it was really impressive. It's yeah. got the philosophy cascades the whole way down the club. Like yeah. He squares and he squares and he squares and yeah. he's fighting your scrap for everything. Yeah, it was quite similar to the ones where sort of they just didn't make enough runs, but they worked so hard to stay in the game for that whole um, bowling innings. I was watching quite intently um, towards the end and then just sort of we had them sort of we took a couple of quick wickets and then just we just bowled a few too many wides obviously in, in their playing one day is anything down lake side is a wide so that sort of really cost us at the end but yeah it was close and and they've done so well the 15s and um yeah they'll be better for the experience hopefully yeah and that, that's the biggest thing like you can play as much cricket and make as many runs and stuff but getting finals cricket experience at that age is, is so valuable and, and that sort of i didn't get enough when i went through i don't know about you bex but you didn't get much after under 13s i don't reckon yeah but, we want a flag so that's the important yeah. thing <laughs> so um, a lot of these kids are getting like three years in a row of, of finals experience and that and that can only be good. And there's obviously a transition with junior cricket so a few of them will go into 17s next year with some 17s going out to play senior cricket so yeah. it's going to be good. Absolutely. RV Solutions is proud to be a sponsor of the Williston Dragons for another year. RV Solutions are the exclusive WA distributor of Wonderland RV and Pro RV Caravans and are Australia's leading food van builder. Conveniently located in Rockingham, they are a family-owned business that understands the individual needs of every caravan traveller, shown by over 100 five-star Google reviews. Need a caravan service? Mention WDCC when you book in and get a free external van wash. RV Solutions. Caravan sales, spares and repairs. Thanks to RV Solutions 
for their ongoing support of the Willerton Dragons. Alrighty, Camo, we'll um, move along. Uh, we'll go into the J- Muleman's Junior Player of the Week, uh, and we'll, we'll leave the the finals preview for a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, we shall. Um, but it was yeah pretty self explanatory this week, I believe, Camo. Yeah, Ethan Smith, one hundred and two not out in that under seventeen semi final. Yeah, so, yeah, we've given him plenty of wraps so far. I was going to say yeah, genuinely one of the better innings I've I've seen in a uh, junior innings. So I think. Uh, that's a very well-deserved... There's something uh, I want to bring up there, but I'm not sure if you're saving it for Bex's best, so I'll save it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll save it for Bex's okay. best. I think we'll give it to that one. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ethan Smith, I don't know how many he's won this year, but uh, it's been a fair few. Several, and, and yeah. Absolute uh, elite season. And in all the richly deserved. Yeah. Uh, and we'll move across into the CY O'Connor Village Pub Senior Player of the Week. Um, and there, there's a couple of contenders here. Yeah, there is. So, Greeson was also, also obviously, uh, pretty good making the 50 and taking the two wickets. But, yeah, I think Guru Dillon, hard to go past here. Uh, we talked about it before, Lionheart effort, five for 117 from 37 overs. Just couldn't have done much more. Yeah, exactly. I think um, just pure. I mean, that's nearly half the overs in a day that he's bowled and just nearly taken us to victory with it. I think it's just such an impressive effort from him. As we said earlier, and yeah, could he's, go on all day. He's so good. We're so lucky to have him. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll probably touch on it a bit later as well. But just he's flown under the radar this year, and to take the five from the semi-final was probably a, a good way for him to cap off his season. Yeah, great finish to the season. Uh, no Bremerbar resort. Becky came to medal votes to give out, given we are now in the finals. But Liam will continue his finals votes. Yeah, so finals votes. So they don't really add up. I'm not going to have a winner of the finals or anything. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so three votes this week goes to Ethan Smith, who who carried the seventeens on his. Well, actually no. They did pretty well, but he a massive led effort, the seventeen, <laughs> led the yeah. seventeen to the win. Obviously, like that a captain's knock it doesn't get much better than that. Um, so he gets three votes for his one hundred and nine not out in the seventeens. Um, Guru Dillon, obviously, we talked about him. Um, two votes for me, uh, and one vote to Harry Grigson, who made I don't know how many exactly he made fifty eight. Fifty eight. Uh, 52, sorry. <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> <laughs> Made 52, um, was the leading run scorer in the, in the fours and then taking two important wickets. Um, one pretty good wicket, the other one not so much, but uh, yeah, that, that one vote goes to him. They look the same in the scorebook. So their predictions, uh, we remain locked at 3-3 with two incorrect predictions this week. Um, you got close though, Camo. Mm. I did, but my the thing about my prediction was it was predicated on the sort of belief that we wouldn't have Aaron Cameron and Darcy available as right. it turns out we did yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah my prediction was our other batters to stand up and make 250 including 100 so not quite made 245 with Aaron making 77 yeah um, I was going to say I think that both of them were probably could have kicked on a little bit more and would have been disappointed but I thought you were, I thought you were on there when, once they were killing it that's close enough uh, your prediction I talked <laughs> you into Taz taking 6 for yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he I, took 2 for him Bob pretty well yeah it's sure. <laughs> just oh, maybe one week off but um I thought I thought he might be the one to stand up, but they actually went really well-rounded in the fours wickets this week. So my prediction for this week, I just think it's destiny. Harry Grigson has had a very, very <laughs> good year, as much as we're reticent to give him praise. Yeah. I think he's going to cap it off with 100. Yeah, I, I like that. And what I especially like about this is this is going to put all sorts of pressure on him. And I know he's going to be <laughs> yeah. goes. Um, yeah, well, my, my prediction was I wasn't exactly sure what to go with, to be honest, because I was hoping to put one up for maybe the ones or something. Yeah. But I think... Um, I've used it a few times, but I'm just going to go with it once again that we're going to go two from two this weekend and we're going to walk home with two flags next week. Well, it'd be nice, wouldn't I know. It? It's not like I'm not you know, overconfident. I'm just, <laughs> it's our prediction. That we're not confident, happen. we're arrogant. Yeah. Oh, we're not arrogant, we're confident, rather. <laughs> we're certainly not arrogant.
It specs is best Who's better than all the rest Who's better than anyone This week at the drive I'm not sure if I'm allowed to share this. Um, <laughs> something exciting, some exciting news for New Lemo, and that you're going to go to England this mm-hmm. uh, winter. Yep. Um, so yeah, he was sort of talking to me about. It. He said like, he talking about your cricket club, you're going to play for there, and he said all those things. And he said, oh yeah, that like I'll set a podcast up for him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to include like um, things like that. Uh, I don't think it probably will. Like sort of, I'm comfortable with you guys and comfortable with the, with the listeners. We sort of have a good relationship, but I need to earn some stuff over there. I think I might just be producing and not being on air. Talent, if you can even call me talent. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. On that one, uh, well, it is time for Bex's best. It is. Um, we had a few great contenders this weekend. Um, first one I think that happened was Junior Hardy taking an absolute blinder in the gully. Yeah, very, very just good catch. Just like perfectly framed by right. Frogbox as well. You know, you yeah, love to right see it. Behind. Yeah. Um, and then another uh, honourable mention came from the fours as well of Shams and Grigson's celebrations when uh, <laughs> when he got the second wicket. I think it's been up on the socials. Yeah, yeah great to see. Usually we say, oh, we'll check that up on the socials and sort of if it comes up, it's a couple of days later. But now they're already up Actually there. Actually been up Talk there. Talk through. You should go and watch it. But like, yeah, um, Grig runs through this bloke somehow and Shams <laughs> behind the stumps gives it a huge double fist bump. <laughs> Love yeah. to see it. Uh, up and about the boys were. Um, but I think... <laughs> It made me laugh when I watched this happen on Saturday. Like, the end of the 17s game, <laughs> we've just, I think it was scores tied or something, and Ethan Smith's on 100 and something, not out. Knocks one through the covers. They take the single to, to win the game, huge. And the ball doesn't go to the boundary. And so the the two batsmen that were batting, Ethan and, um, oh, off the top of my head, I'm not 100% certain who was uh, I think it was Zade Buckland. Zade Buckland at the other end. Um, they just kept running. They, they ran a five all run. So Ethan finished 102 not out, didn't he? Yeah, it's because once the first run's completed, the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why. That's right. They kept running. Yeah, they ran the five. And a few people did point out on the socials, oh, yeah. they running the five for. It's like if it goes to the boundary, you get a four. Yeah. Makes sense. But once you've completed the I run, think, the game's over. I think they were just doing it for if there's a score scorecard thing, which never happens anymore because obviously my cricket, like yeah. the online thing is always the, the Bible. But yeah. I think uh, that has to be Bex's best. You don't make 700 odd runs in a 7 says by not being over. Yeah, exactly. He didn't want to leave any other. Clearly loves uh, just scoring runs and wanted to take every advantage. The team at CY O'Connor Village Pub are very proud to be sponsors of the Williston Dragons. Even though the pub burnt down in June, they want you to know that the fire is not going to stop them and they'll be back bigger and better than ever. Committed to a full rebuild, they'll also be opening a pop-up beer garden and drive through bottle shop, stocking all of your favourites including their delicious Metaluca farm beef and lamb produce. Opening soon, it's a precinct with everything you need for a great day out, post-game celebration, or supplies for an epic barbecue at home. Thanks to CY O'Connor Village Pub for their ongoing support of the Willerton Dragons. Alrighty, Camo, we'll uh, have a quick sneak peek at our subscriber special this week. We were actually going to leave this in the main pod, but thought uh, we might have to change it up a little bit yeah thought better of it we'll give you a little snippet here just to hear it but yeah obviously get the full view of it you'll have to go and subscribe yeah so the, the sort of the sort of gist of it is um i have a little gripe about um what happened on sunday with the frog box at subiaco floret as i said got a bit intense so had to uh put it in the subscribe special this week um here's a little snippet 
Uh, mistakes can happen, but I would have thought if it's illegal to attend, he would sort of put some measures in place to make sure you have a functional frog box. Yes. Uh, yeah, but anyway, like, I think what I loved about that live stream was like the sense of community we all had. It was yeah. about 100, <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. It was peaked at about 130 people in there, like yeah. some so there famous was... alumni of the club <laughs> getting around each other. <laughs> so the, so I, I started the Instagram live stream on my phone, sort of let it go as, as far as it could. Chat to change over to Pete Hardy's phone later, but um, <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not too important to the story. But uh, And so, yeah, as you said, great community. Um the um, when it wasn't too close, when it was about five overs left, and I started live streaming, it was, it was quite a Williton community sort of thing. Nick Geisel was on there, Blake Hall, Will Rhodes, um, and then as it sort of got closer, um, it started to pick up. And um, Bangers and Aaron were tuning in the whole time, and then sort of fans of the club, people outside of the club, started tuning in, people from other clubs, and it was all going loose. Something we've missed for Bex's best is Nick Geisel calling Kek yeah. being <laughs> successful. <laughs> Called in the comments of the Instagram yeah. live. Wait, was it actually a wicket that ball? It was yeah. a wicket. Oh, <laughs> you're <laughs> kidding. So, uh, oh, thanks, Nick. We'll have our card and deliver to so the So, sec- secretary's keg next Thursday, lads. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, that was great. But then it got to the, the pointy end. Uh, thanks, Liam, for that uh, impassioned uh, statement on, on how the, the day went down on Sunday. We should say, obviously, congratulations to Subi Florit and... You know, good luck for next week. That they've done well all year. Yeah, there's so no ill will. There, no, there is absolutely no ill will. Um, we're just a couple of nuffies that froth the drags. So we're always going to get a bit upset when we uh, go down like that. But Kemo, let's let's go through and have a look at uh, the preview for next week um, for the fourth grade and the under 17. So I think we touched on it earlier at times, but uh, the fourth grade have Scarborough at Breckler and the 17s have Perth. TBC. Yeah, so Breckler probably not a particularly happy underground for us this year. We did win uh, the first grade two day feature I was ever. We lost the one day semi final there to Mount Lawley. Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully um, the you know the boy I think the fours didn't play there this year. They played at home and they I think should be past any sort of <laughs> mental demons or anything like that. So I'm sure sure the boys won't really worry about where it's being played. It's just a shame it's not close to Williston. Yeah, um, shame it's also illegal to attend. And the 17s, yeah, so up against Perth, interesting clash up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they've been a pretty good team all year, obviously, to try and get through. But I think if you look at the fixtures, I think Frio were probably the team to beat all year. They were, they're on top of the table all season. So it's it's you know, nice to knock them out in the semi rather than having to come up against them in the grand final, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so. and Obviously, come in with a pretty big scalp, and there's like, yeah, we're still not sure where the game is. There's some talk we might be here at Barrando with our wickets getting ready for the off season, <laughs> which will be interesting, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hopefully, wherever they go has a functioning frog box up and working. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, so with all that out of the way, I think, yeah, we sort of tried our best to stay positive when we we're talking about the yeah. first grade season at the top, but it was pretty hard. But I think we really should take sort of five or ten to emphasise some really positive things that happened from our first grade season this year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always a sort of one when you you lose in a final like that, you tend to focus on the negative and you're flat that you didn't make it through the grand final or whatever it is. But throughout the year, there was just some incredible performances from our ones to get us to the position we were in. We have. And I've gone through and collated what I think is the top five. Um, I couldn't make my mind up, so it was actually a top six. So Tyke of <laughs> fifth. I've got Shane Warns making 125 versus Gosnells. Um, that was a stage of the year when... We really wanted to keep winning, and Gosnells was a team we needed to pick up a win against. Yeah. And yeah, Shane led the way with a very, very good innings to cap off a very good year for him. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he'd been coming for a while. He was sort of kept threatening to finally hit that big one. And some of that hitting he did that day was insane. Just um, absolutely murdering anything through all parts of the ground. 
I've also got here tied uh, Guru's performance on the weekend. So five for 117 against Subi Flory in the semi-final. That's an unreal effort that we've spoken a lot about. Exactly. Got could speak about for hours about how good that was, but I think yeah, to to do that in the final is a serious effort. This is one that's a while ago, so it might be slightly out of sight, out, out of sight, out of mind rather. Uh, Cameron Bancroft 101 against Joondalup. So this was here at Burrinder. We batted first. Isaac and Cameron put on a good partnership. So Cameron makes 101. Isaac made 66. The next high score in the game was about 20, I think. Wow. And we made 6 for 217 and bowled Joondalup out for about 60. Yeah, okay. I actually didn't play that round, so I wasn't... Uh, it feels like so long ago. Yeah, it was a real <laughs> spicy Burrinder wicket, that one. And Cameron, just as he does, just batted the 25 overs. I was going to say, we've spoken about uh, how Cam knows how to bat out on Burrinder 1, but that's probably a good option there. He is the Burrinder king, that yeah. guy. A good... Uh, a good uh, exponent of that there where you know, he, everyone else struggles to get to 20 and he's making 100. Put the ego away, as he says. So yeah. uh, coming in at third, I think this was also a really good performance at um, Baranda. So Caelan Bond shot up the order in a huge game for the first round against Frio. Really, yeah. really big one that we sort of had circled on the calendar and he came out and just blasted 132. Yeah, we've, we've spoken about it, you know, rivalry with Frio. Huge part of the year, huge time after, uh, I don't know if it was a couple of losses uh, leading up to that, but needed a win. And for you know the captain to walk out there and peel off 130, opening the batting first, just unreal. It was so hot that day. It was above 40 and he yeah just absolutely put it in. In a score of 300 yeah, in one day. That, that's going to be one of the best first grade wins that in recent memory, I think. Like the, just the, obviously, beating Frio on any day is a, is a very good result. And to do it with, to that extent, that, that's unbelievable. I think, yeah. What, have you, can you guys think of a first grade win that's better than that uh, in I memory? Can, I can think of one. And uh, if Camo wants to go oh, down to his number two. That was the segue. Number two. So, <laughs> yeah, two very good performances here. So, yeah, in at number two, which probably says how good number one was, I've got Aaron Hardy's 136 not out against Perth. Unbelievable performance Which this was, was th- just incredible. Like that whole game, uh, to take it down to the last... Last ball scored 136 of them, hit I don't know how many off the last sort of 10 overs off his own bat, and just yeah, that that was a better game. Of course, Limo played a role in this, making yeah. the one not out his sole first grade run for the oh, year. Three not out, oh, three out, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was fortunate enough to be to be part of that, but yeah, just the just the the fact that there was no panic. Obviously, they made a big score, and then Aaron just oh, Isaac batted well, but Aaron was unbelievable. There was a lot of skill and a lot of power and a lot of stuff in that innings. What impressed me the most was just like. It was almost like bloody minded. Let's like yeah. we're not going to lose this game. Yeah, I'm going to win us yeah. this game. Like get on my shoulders, boys. <laughs> yeah. Come with me. And another imperious performance from our own Aaron Hardy was his 179 not out in a day against Mount Lawley. Um, that was, <laughs> I think that, what got me about that innings was obviously he was batting all day. He was killing it. And in the last over of the game, game 90th over, he ran five twos yeah. out of, out of t- six balls. And it's like this bloke has been out there for six hours has made 170 already, and he's still sprinting back and forth for twos in the last over. I think the statute of limitations has probably expired. We can say he had a very close LBW on not many. It might have been a little bit high, but I thought it was... Fairly confident fairly appeal from adjacent, the, uh, but yeah. yeah, After that, it was just an absolutely chanceless and unbelievable innings in every sense of the word. That was just him being simply much better. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what separates the, the, ooh, <clears throat> separates the good A-go players from the great ones. The great ones just are fully committed to being there at on the last ball. So Aaron did that in that Perth game and, and, and he batted towards the end of the day and just so driven on just being there when the last ball's bowled. Another thing I loved about this game was there was a bowler who took a wicket and um, his celebration was just saying, oh, I am so skilled to himself or to his team over and over and over again. So there was a little bit in that to see what actual skill is. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? He said that after he took the wicket. 
Yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was, I think that was in a run of a few weeks where we saw hundreds from Aaron, hundreds from Bang, and it was just like, okay, these are the boys that are playing state cricket and show them why they're, they're playing state cricket. You know, it's just, yeah, incredible. Uh, so sort of outside those performances, we've just picked a f- sort of cherry-picked a few positives from the year. These aren't in any particular order. Um, something I really loved the first grade this year was seeing John Sanders emerge. So yeah. not only as a batter, he made 328 runs for the year, but as a wicketkeeper, and obviously his sort of... Uh, highlight performance was uh, brilliant. 103 not out against Subi Flyer. Yeah, and to just be to take the gloves like he's kept in juniors before, but sort of you know everyone's kept in juniors at some stage. So to him to go, yep, give me the gloves. I'll take it on in A grade in his first you know full year. Really, I think shows the maturity of him, and to see him be able to contribute from those positions, um, yeah, it's, it's really positive signs for the future. Uh, something else that was really good was Shane Warnes having an exception. I think he's still second in the aggregate for the competition. He's yeah, made correct. 715 runs at 44.69 in the first grade competition. Nice. He's he's threatened for years to sort of kick on, and you know he's always had that uh, that skill. But now with the hard work he puts in, the effort he puts in to see him finally kick on and have that full season of dominance is just uh, yeah. Real, real pleasing to see. It was only two years ago that he was sort of up and down from the ones to twos, and he was playing quite a lot of twos. And, and even when he was playing twos, not making big scores. So, yeah, to see him go from that to being the, one of the premier batsmen in the first grade competition has been yeah, unbelievable to watch. On the on the back of that, um, we you know, we spoke about Hards and Bancroft earlier, but uh, just them their performances when they were here, um, just the way they carried themselves when they're around the club. You know, sometimes you can get state players come back that just. You know, are doing it because they have to, but yeah. you can tell they actually desperately want to be out there. And when they do play, they desperately want to win. Um, you know, Hards made 536 at uh, 89. Best part of 90. Yeah, uh, and Bang is 51 at 90 as well. You know, we had four of the top 15 batsmen in the A grade runs with those two, Isaac and Shane. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, it, it shows how much they want it when they're here. Uh, speaking of Isaac, we love players getting selected for higher honours and he obviously, after not really being involved with any like Wacker Academy stuff or anything, got a gig with the second 11 in November, which is yeah. pretty good. And he made a good fist of it too. Well, I think yeah, he's obviously been um, playing A grade for a few years now and it, it was probably this year that he really found his feet and started finding that confidence to be a good, a very good batsman in A grade, you know, rather than just being, oh, I'm still finding my feet, still coming into it. So I think to get that reward as well is awesome for him and the club. Another thing I thought was really good was Zach Ferris having a good first year at the club. So obviously when I recruited him in the off-season, a little bit lighter for fast bowlers we were, and he adapted really well, took 28 wickets for the year, and I thought he's been very good. Yeah, he, he's been absolutely key. Um, when you know we lost a few fast bowlers at the end of last year, Matty Hannah being out injured a lot this year, sort of for him to come in and play that role was obviously incredibly important by the end of it. Um, another one that I just wanted to touch on as well is, and we've spoken about it before, but Guru's taken 35 wickets by the end of the year now, and he, we've barely spoken about him. We haven't. It's ridiculous he got one vote, one vote in the Peaky Kenton medal. Um, obviously not quite his 50 wickets from last year, but I think teams now are really switched on to him and how dangerous he is. So yeah. I don't know what his economy would have been for the year. It would have been closer to two teams were just sitting on him and refusing to let him get away from him. Yeah, exactly. And it shows that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expectations are so high, and you know, just because he wasn't taking seven fers, I think he still end up with a couple of five fers this year. And as you said, for teams to change their game plans against him shows a level of respect that you know 
it, it doesn't show up on the scorecards. Uh, speaking of spinners, I uh, loved Holt. He's back half a year, and I thought he really sort of established himself as a first-grade cricketer. Um, obviously very skilled with the ball, which he showed, but... Yeah, batting and fielding, unbelievable as well. Uh, batted very well in the Premier 2020 quarterfinal over Oz, nearly got us over the line. And yeah, if he's not the best fielder at the club, he's in the top two or three. Absolutely. And um, so it's that attitude as well, though. You come in and sometimes junior players or young players can be like oh, a bit sheepish in a first grade team like that. You know, Holty goes out there, has supreme confidence in his abilities and it's not misplaced. It's not, um, you know, arrogant or anything. He's just like, I can do this. I can do it. And he, and he does generally most of the time. Uh, so something else that was good was Vitovichis coming into the team in the back half of the year and doing very well. So obviously five against yeah. Lottery there and an interesting wicket. But yeah, it was really dependable and really good. As we spoke about, lost a couple of fast bowlers. And for Vid, who's probably played a lot of second grade over the last four or five years, to to f- finally step up there and go, yep, I can be you know, relied upon, give me the ball, I want to have a crack in A grade. And it must have been really important in the back half of the season there. Solid as a rock. Yeah, and one last stat that I did find out this uh, while I was having a look through this afternoon was um, Aaron didn't take a wicket. Aaron Hardy didn't take a wicket for the club this year. Which That's unbelievable. It is incredible. Like, fair play. Sometimes he was only batting because of injuries yeah, and stuff. Yeah, most of the time he was only batting. Still bowled 22 overs or something. The last time he didn't take a wicket for a season in the Drags was uh, 2009-10 when uh, <laughs> we won the, won the under-13s grand final with him as captain. So... Been a little over twelve years since that happened. Yeah, it's good that Aaron's back to something approaching full fitness, and I think he'll be better for this season. Obviously, focusing on his batting, and yeah, I mean, we all know how good of a cricketer he is. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, the bowling to that mix is unreal. And uh, I think hopefully, well, hopefully, we don't see a whole lot of him next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, all righty, Camo. Well, that's that's probably all we have time for. We have. We've had a chat about the games on the weekend. Um, we, we wanted to make sure we still talked about the positives from the yeah, first grade season. Yeah, we try to be positive, and there is two big positives this week in the fourth grade and the under-17s being in grand finals. Yeah, we get a chance to come back next week and have a chat about uh, a couple more games of cricket in case we haven't done that enough this season, Camo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are nearing the end, but two more wins, fingers crossed. Come on, boys. The whole club will be with you. Yeah, um, obviously... Um, Good luck to both of the teams this weekend and, yeah, hopefully there'll be a good frog box angles for both and we can keep, keep an eye on them. Yeah, and tune in next week. Um, hopefully we're sitting here talking about two uh, two flag victories, but we're going to have a bit of a wrap-up, go through our best moments of the season, not uh, cricket moments, best moments of the podcast. We're hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we can make it like a really good uh, show to finish off the year. So yeah. tune in. End of season finale. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah, good luck to both teams this weekend and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you Wednesday.